This gospel message is brought to you by the redeemed Christian Church of God, Fountain of Love, Aberdeen, UK. Open your heart to receive this life-changing Word of God. Praise the Lord. Our God is good. All the time. God is good. Welcome your neighbor to this wonderful Thanksgiving Sunday service. Make sure they are smiling because God is good. Not after all those testimonies. God is good. Today is another Thanksgiving service and um, the first in the month of November. And uh, the year definitely is uh, racing to an end. But our expectation before the Lord will not be cut short. The reason is because our God lives outside time. He is not bound by the months, 12 months of the year. And a day is like a thousand years before him. So is there anyone sitting there and wondering that this is November? The Lord is able to do that which only him can do next week in the name of Jesus. So in the short time that we have, uh, we'll just be sharing briefly on power within from on I, and in bracket in front of that I've put um, the church reason being that the church should be where all the power lies that is where we should be functioning and I would like to sort of start by concluding so that wherever we get to in a time, we can cut it short. But I want to start by concluding. I want to start by saying these few words. For one, our God is the most powerful. Our God is the most powerful. I have not seen, I have not read, I have not known. Scientists have tried. None like him. No other God like him and beside him. Number two, he is seated in heaven on his throne and from there he rules in the affairs of men. That is God, our God. Power is made available for you and me, his children, through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Which number am I on now? So I'm going to four. The first one is our God is most powerful. Second one is seated in heaven. The third one is the power is made available for you and me. Then the fourth one is the church is not brick and mortar. The church is not brick and mortar. 
it does not matter how beautiful a cathedral is. It does not matter how wonderfully decorated a place of worship is. The church is actually the collection of believers. It is you and me. And the last sentence I want to make is, therefore, God's power, his rulership, should be made manifest in the church. Father, we just want to thank you for another time to be blessed and to receive from you. Daddy, as we go into your word, I pray that every spirit that is contrary to yours be banished in the name of Jesus. We ask that the Holy Ghost fire consume everything contrary to your move here this afternoon in the name of Jesus. And we pray for everyone, including myself, will not go back home the same in the mighty name of Jesus. So, there are several definitions of power, as we know. Um, I'm not going into that today. By different people, the internet is awash with definition of power. But two caught my attention. Two caught my attention. The one that says power or ability to do something, the capacity or ability to direct or influence. And why did these two catch my attention? Is simply because it sort of fits more into, I would say, our Christian life. Because we can do nothing except the Holy Spirit empowers us. And when we talk about influence, the capacity, I think I can't do anything. I can't even stand right here right now. If not for the indwelling and the power of the Holy Spirit. And so those two sort of caught my attention because they sort of ties into my Christian life, your Christian life. And uh, so that, those are the ones I will stick with. But the most important of all definitions that I can, I can relate to it is when the Bible says that all power in heaven and earth has been given to Jesus in Matthew 28, 18. And briefly, I will go through a few things that came to my mind about power. I believe the Spirit of the Lord laid it upon my heart and uh, we'll go we'll close. But before we go any further, I, I'm not sure if... Uh, Radiolu, do you have the, the picture of... Uh, okay, now. This is... Um, what kind of plane is this one? Concord. How many people have flown in one? Seriously speaking. Or, or you are prophesying to fly in one? When it was in service, how many people flew in one? That flew, second one, that was just to show two of them. These things are very fast. They are quite powerful. And um, I remember some weeks ago, my pastor was talking about the powers in the engine of uh, planes. And these ones are so powerful that they can travel from London to New York in three and a half hours. And um, what they are promising people is that you have a business meeting in London, you come for your business meeting, finish your lunch and all that, and tuck your children in bed in New York. And that was a kind of luxury, but it came at a price. But um, unfortunately, those planes are no more in service today because it could not be run profitably. And because of an incident also sometime in 2000 when one of the ones in France uh, got blown up, 
kind of uh, caught fire and the, there was a lot of casualty. People lost confidence in it. And just watch the things that I'm talking about this particular plane. People have lost confidence in the church. There was a time the church was the main thing in governance. Just like when this was the, 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 the main attraction for people to travel. And they tell by the kind of people that travel by it and it is such a big news. But you know what? I was reading recently that some people are already talking about how to bring back the Concord. And they are changing things around. They are being innovative about it. And let's see what happens in the next couple of years. Thank you. Uh, thank you, sir. But, and that brought my mind that the church, I hope the church is not like the Concord. When it used to be very relevant. And now... They are all in museums all over the world. Because people lost confidence in the church, because people have not seen what they expected to see in the church. Somebody was, 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 was asking me, uh, during, was it during the week or the week before, that uh, which, which church, which one, which, which one of them do you go to? What do you guys believe? And it dawned on me quickly that that means that there are churches where as churches, as a body of Christ, we've sent conflicting messages how to people who are not yet believers. People do not even know where to, to, to line up. People do not even know where to, where to go because they already seen us as patches and like competitors. And they're asking, they were asking me, what do you believe in? What does your church do? And one of them said, do you believe in Trinity? And I, I was like heartbroken because it quickly dawned on me that this is what even unbelievers are struggling with out there. And the church needs to act facts. The church needs to gather its acts together and present a united front to the world. And I said I was going to say a few things about power, something about status of power. Power can be gained, power can be lost. Power can increase, power can decrease. David gained power. Joseph, Daniel, all those guys, they gained power. Saul gained power. He lost it though. The prodigal son gained financial power when he asked his father for all that belonged to him. He lost it though. And I I came up with an acronym there, GLIDE, that uh, power can be gained, lost, increased, or decreased. So I'm, I'm going to patent that one. The status of power, GLIDE. Now, power is necessary for functionality. For anything, I was thinking about that Concord and what made the difference in that, fly, in, in that particular plane is the fact that it could go at that particular speed. And uh, I, I think they said it, it, it broke the, 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 the speed of sound or something like that. And I was wondering how fast would that be? And all that mattered there was the, the, the enormous power the engines would be generating. They said that by the time you get to your destination, everything is hot. Even the panel is going to be hot. So they, and they said the plane will stretch by this 15 millimeters or something because it's so, so, so hot. And I was wondering that without those engines fitted to those planes, they are just like an ordinary aircraft. They're just like an ordinary aircraft. So I was thinking that as a Christian or as a church, a body of Christ, without the power of God being made manifest in that church, we are just an organization. We are just a company. We are just a business. We are just, I don't know, whatever we want to call it. 
So power is needed for functionality, for you to function, for you and I to function in the place that God has called us to do. Power is needed. For a professor to function as a professor, he needs the power of knowledge. He needs the power of knowledge. Um, Anthony Joshua is a uh, heavyweight boxer. But on a day, on a, let's say on a bad day, he wakes up in the morning and he needs power to sort of step out of bed, even not to talk less of fighting. And they said his last fight, he, that was when he weighed the biggest so that he can sort of, I don't know what was his target to do. But he needed the power, the punch, the, 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 the power behind the punch for him to function in the ring and make sure that he came out on top. And the Lord will help us to remain powerful in the name of Jesus. Because sometimes I wake up and I get out of bed straight. Sometimes I wake up, I struggle, and I understand that those days I'm weak. And you and I will not be weak spiritually in the mighty name of Jesus. Power needs to be managed. Power needs to be managed. We all know that power corrupts. Power corrupts. So power needs to be managed. We can easily, for me, I'll quickly talk about the, 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 the story of uh, Elisha. We all know that when he caused the 40, 42 youths on his way, uh, the Bible says, when he was going to Bethel. And this is a guy that is just been a dude with double portion of Elijah's power. He crossed the Jordan back and, he, and, and uh, the, um, the sons of the prophet bowed at his feet. He went into the city um, he healed the water of the city. So he's bursting with fresh power, anointing, flowing. And as he was going to battle, the Bible records, and some youths came and they were making fun of him. He looked back and he caused them. And the Bible says that two bears from the, somewhere came out and devoured 42 of the youths. So it tells me that power needs to be controlled. And sometimes as parents, as um, colleagues, there's power in our tongue, there's power in our actions. How do we control ourselves? How do we control husband? How do you control yourself? Wife, how do you control yourself? Children, to your children, to your colleagues, leaders in the church, how do you control yourself? And whatever power that is deposited in you, being by the office you hold, being by anointing, needs to be managed. I call that power management. Now, another thing I... I, I, I that came to my mind about power is the source of the power. For me, there is, there is no two, uh, there's no hiding place, there is no half measure. There are only two sources of power spiritually. It's power that is from God or power that is from the devil. And believe you me, I'm sure you will agree with me. If you don't, you can raise up your hand that the devil is powerful. If you think the devil is not powerful, you can raise up your hand. The devil is indeed powerful. The devil is powerful. Is very powerful. Of course, we, we know the Bible reminded us in Ephesians 6, 12, that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual wickedness in high places. The devil is powerful, so don't let us uh, be deceived. Uh, again, because of the week, we were talking about Halloween, and somebody was, and I just said, well, Halloween, I don't know why people are celebrate, celebrating witchcraft. And one of the other ladies said, well, I, myself, I don't think I like it. I said, well, people don't know what they are playing with. If they understand what they are playing with, they will not play with witchcraft. And um, so the devil is powerful. The devil is powerful. The devil is very powerful. But the, but, but the Bible made us realize that in, 20, in Matthew 28, 18, 
that all power in heaven and earth has been given to who? To our God. So that gives me comfort. Despite how powerful the devil is, all power in heaven has been given to Jesus. There is power of death and life. There is power of death and life. And it tells me that what you manifest, that determines the type of power that you carry. Uh, John 10, 10, John 10, 10, we know what that says, uh, that the thief does come to steal, to kill, to destroy, but I've come to give life. That's so there is, there is, there is, for, for somebody to steal in your house, they, the, the person is powerful because, uh, sometimes you need to restrain the owner of the house for the thief to, to steal and for somebody to kill is powerful, but, uh, we will not be going into all of that today. Now, another thing about power is that your location, your association, is not enough to guarantee you power. It's not enough. It is possible for somebody to be under the ministration of... That's, that was a very good uh, testimony, by the way. And it was possible for Sister Dio not to manifest or uh, to use or tap into the power that was under the ministration of that jail. So because you are in redeem or because you are in a Bible-believing church or because you are in a place that is affluent, it's not a guarantee that you are going to be affluent. Because you have friends that are rich, it's not a guarantee that you are going to be rich yourself. But well, the atmosphere is right. Now, what the next thing, the next step there is you yourself. And that is why it is important to me that we are talking about power within, the power that you yourself carry. And thankfully, God has set up off nightly because I can remember two weeks or there about ago when pastor was talking about dissipation of power. When he was talking about distribution of power that one person cannot carry the power. That at, a, at some point you need to distribute the powers so that at least the whole body collectively will be powerful. And the Lord will help you and I in the name of Jesus. Quickly moving along, power comes with the, the manifestation of power comes with obedience. And um, if you are the prime minister of a country, power is associated with that office, but it comes with some rules and regulations. You can't do just anything. It comes with obedience. You have to obey those rules and regulations. No wonder nowadays people are resigning. There's a lot of political problem because people behaved in a way and manner they were, they were not expected to behave in those offices that they are occupy, they they occupying. Some, of, some people will still resign. Some have resigned already. And it comes with obedience. And I, I, I want to talk again or remind us that even the people who are in the occultic, they are very obedient. They, they, they do a lot of things to make sure that the power that the devil has promised them manifests. Some of them, they can give them food that they must not eat. No matter how rich they, they, they are, no matter how friendly, they can tell them you cannot wear this particular color of clothing. Thank God I'm free. I can, I can do whatever I can do in Christ Jesus. But some people can't wear certain colors. Some people can't eat certain food. Not for health reasons, because the devil has said, this is what you must do. People who are in freemasonry, they have rules and regulations they follow. But it pains my heart because these guys follow these rules, but Christians will give excuses. The church will give excuses. The church will say it is inconvenient. How convenient is it for somebody to wake up at midnight and do things? How convenient is it for somebody to go and do whatever they want to do? But we're not going, we're not going into all of that and for the sake of time. 
So to manifest power, the whatever power, for, I mean, whatever the source of the power, you need to obey the rules that comes with that power. And God would help us in doing that in the name of Jesus. Now, the manifestation of the power for us Christians, it comes in the form of spiritual gifts. We know that in 1 Corinthians 12, and also the fruits of the Spirit, obviously. And where I am going exactly, this is the, another thing about power, but that is where exactly I want us to sort of dwell for a few minutes this afternoon. That the church of God needs power to function. Because we've talked about power, those, so all those things that precede that, the church of God needs power to function. The Bible makes it clear that in 1 Corinthians 4.20, 1 Corinthians 4.20, for the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. Somebody said some time ago that we have, we have spoken too much, we have dramatized too much, we have done, but where is the power? Where is the power? Where is the power? Where is the power? And for the earnest expectation of the creation, eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. I know that another interpretation of that can be that on the day when the Lord is going to come, we will know who are the true sons of God for rapture and to ascend with Christ. But while we are here on earth, the, the, the world is waiting. They want to separate things. They want to know where... Which power pass which power? Let me say it that way. And the world is waiting. And the Bible tells us that this power is made available for you and I. But is it dwelling in me? Is it dwelling in you? Are we manifesting in fullness of that power? That is the question that I... And, and, and are we, is the church in a museum? Just like those concords that I showed us earlier. Because these guys, these, I mean, these uh, concords now, they are in museums all over the world. Twenty of, just 20 of them were, were manufactured, 16 into commercial operation. And they are just for fancy everywhere now. People can go there, Bristol, Manchester, everywhere in New York to go and see them and just admire them. People are coming nowadays to just admire the church and just come and visit. But where is the power? Where is the power? It is a question for you and I, and, and that is what was coming to my mind. And when Jesus was alive, the disciples were riding on his wings. They, he was there. He was, he was power personified. You know, he, he was God. He was, he, was, he was himself. So, there was power with them. You know, but the disciples needed power, raw power, to continue to function on their own. And let us open to John 14. John 14. John, yeah. Let's start from verse 12. 12. More assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the work that I do, he will also do. You will believe... Or you will agree with me that when Jesus was on the earth, he did certain mighty works. But the Bible is telling us, is telling us that the works that he has done, that you and I will do more greater works. We will do greater works than these ones that he was referring to there. Because the reason why? Because he's going away. And there cannot be any void. Let us go to the next verse, please. 14. 
Because if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. 15, please. If you love me, keep my commandments. And that the issue of obedience to be able to manifest the power comes into play here. The issue of obedience to manifest the power comes into play here. The next verse, please. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper. Another helper that he may abide with you forever. The abiding for me there is the indwelling of the Holy Spirit inside of us. Inside the church. The spirit of truth whom the, law, whom the word cannot receive. Why, why can't the word receive the spirit of truth? Because they don't know him. Because they don't know him. Because, neither, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells. Where does he dwell? Where does he dwell? With you. And will be in you. So, and that ties to where I started from, that the power we are talking about must be the power within you and high. The power that we are talking about for to, to make a football team complete and invisible like Arsenal in those days, you know, then all the players, all the players, they were on top of their game. They were, every department was sorted. But one Sanchez cannot do it right now. You know, one Ozil cannot do it. And when you look at some teams right now, like Manchester City, you look at that team, that team is complete. So everybody is carrying the power, the, the, the defender is carrying the, the, the correct power to, to do the work of defense. The goalkeeper is solid, everybody, and that's no wonder when they meet teams, they uh, 7-0, imagine, you know, uh, basketball. Uh, and the Lord will help us now this afternoon in Jesus' name. <laughs> So what am, I, what am I saying? That this, that power has to dwell. It's not, in, it's, it's not enough. I am in redeem. Yes, we know. It's not enough. I, I ask, past glory is not enough. What is happening right now? And the Lord will help us in the name of time. We need to move. So God will help us. Right. Let's go to 18. I will not leave you orphans. And who are orphans? Because these are the questions that was propping up in my spirit. Who are orphans? People, exactly, people who do not have fathers, mother, and their children. An adult is not an orphan. No, you are not. The Bible did not say you are. Or the definition of an orphan, because I was asking myself that question, that who is an orphan? And it says children, little, little children. <laughs> you, are, you, are, you, are a mo- you are a mommy. Your, your children will not be orphans in Jesus' name. Yeah. So he said he will not leave us orphans because we need the help of the Holy Spirit. That he will come to you and I. Nineteen. No, let's 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 jump that and go to twenty-five so that we can move fast. I'm trying to run, tie it up and round up so that we can pray two minutes and we go home. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you. 26, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Lord will send in my name, will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. All the training that I've given you while I was here, the Holy Spirit will bring to remembrance and teach you more and teach you more. 
And let's jump to John 16. Uh, I'm, I'm tying this together now. Let's jump to John, John 16. 16.5. And now I go away to him who sent me. None of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you that the truth, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage. That's where I'm going. It is your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come. But if I depart, I will send him to you. The Lord has promised that this helper will come when he goes away. So the helper is here. It's available. But how much of him are we carrying? There's a difference between the day that you gave your life to Christ. Because I believe strongly that the moment you give your life to Christ, a measure of the Spirit of God is deposited in you. The Holy Spirit is in you. But what we are talking about now is the infilling, the baptism, the infilling of the Holy Spirit, continuously being submerged. And I was listening to a tape of one of the great ministers that most of us know. And he was talking about baptism of the Holy Spirit. And he was talking about the fact that you put water in a cup. You have put water. He was saying the water is the Holy Spirit and you are the cup. But you have put water in the cup and you can put certain maybe quantity in the cup. But when you drop the cup in the water, that's you have baptized the cup in the water. And that means every part of the cup is covered in and out. And that is where the church is. And don't forget that the church that I'm talking about in this case is not the building, it's not the mortar, it is you and, it's you and I, it's the cameraman, myself, the choir, the people in technical, everybody in prayer team. So that is what I mean each time I say the church. And this promise is not in, was not in vain because we can see also in, um, let's go to nine, nine. Of sin because they do not believe in me, turn quickly of righteousness because I go to my father whom see me and you see me no more. And turn, sorry, turn is that was that turn of righteousness because I go to my father and you see me no more. Now, that was not just an empty promise because if you go to Acts in the book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 4, we will see quickly there that that power about what, what, what he told them. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, which he said, you have heard from me. No, verse 2, there, until the day in which he was taken up, after he, he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen, by them during 40 days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God, for and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. So he said they should wait for that promise, and when you go to verse 8, the same chapter, verse 8, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witness, you shall be witness in me in Jerusalem, and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. So let's go to Acts 2, chapter 2, Verse 1, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, 
and he filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them, each of them. One sat upon all of them, or collectively, or each of them. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as fire, and one sat each of them. Let's go for, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues, and we know. So, the, the promise was not an empty promise. The Holy Spirit indeed came. The Holy Spirit is indeed available, like this afternoon, because we are gathered in one accord. The Holy Spirit is there. But the question is, as a collective body, how much of it, how much of the Holy Spirit are you carrying? How much of the Holy Spirit am I carrying? And in closing, I'll just remind us that something could not function anymore. Why? Because it lost its power. There was a leakage. It lost its power. Peter began to sink. Why? Because the power of faith with which he stepped out, he stepped out on his own accord. But when he saw another power in his own mind, he lost that gaze and Judas Iscariot missed out. The prodigal son, like I mentioned earlier, lost that power, but he came to the realization of himself. He said, but when he came to himself, from inside of him, nobody taught him, from inside of him, the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. At this point, I think we should rise and, and, and pray. We should rise and pray, and pray in, 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 in closing. We should, we should, we should rise and Everything that we're talking about is the fact that the church needs to manifest the power. And the church is not the beauty of the building. The church is not the decoration, is not the technical, technical ability, it's not all of that. The church is you. The church is me. So that means I must carry, you must carry. And let us pray that the Lord will empower me. That's empower you. Let's begin to pray. Lord, empower me. Empower your church. In every area where we are serving, in every area where we are serving, empower us, oh God, genuinely. And we, we, we want your indwelling. The power is not, I cannot ride on the power that Dikina Dioti is carrying. I can be inside this church and still be missing out. If I have not made myself available, if I have not opened up my heart for the infilling, of the power that needs to reside inside of me. And it is the connectivity of this power around that makes a church what it should be. And the Lord will help you. And let us pray from the bottom of our heart that Lord, fill me with your spirit. Fill me with your spirit. We are rounding up now that the Lord will fill you and I with his spirit in the mighty name of Jesus. Let us pray that the Lord will pour out his spirit afresh into every minister's worker in the church of God. In Bible-believing churches, in the mighty name of Jesus. Let us pray. And you can also ask that God should baptize you with the Holy Spirit. 
There is no magic. There is nothing to it. You just ask that God, just open up your heart and ask that God will baptize you with his, with his spirit. And I'm very, I can promise you that you would, you would receive it. You will receive it. And if by chance you need help to, in doing that, there are so many ministers in the church that you can walk up to privately and they will guide you accordingly. And the Lord will help us. Let us pray that the church of God will manifest the power because the kingdom of God is not about wealth. It's about power. We are sleeping too much. The church is in a museum. People are coming to look at us. People are coming as a visitation. People are coming entertainment. The church of God needs to wake up. The church of God needs to arise again. And what we need is the power of the Holy Spirit. And also, when we say the church of God, if you don't have Jesus in your life, you are not part of the equation. So it's also very important to understand that, that it's another opportunity for you to say, I want to be part of the setup. I want to be part of the church that you can ask God to come into your life and if you, again, if you want to approach any minister, if you need help in that area, the Lord will help you and I in the name of Jesus. Let us pray that the church of God will not leak power. Let us pray that the church of God, those that have power already, will increase in power. Those that have power already will not, will, will not, will not, will never leak power. And those that don't have, we have power in the mighty name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Let us be seated. Father, we just want to thank you for this reminder of your promise, of your power that is made available to us. Daddy, I pray that your church will be filled with your power. I pray that your church will never lose power or leak power in the name of Jesus. As many as are desirous, oh God, for the infilling of the power of the Holy Ghost, Daddy, I pray that you fill them, fill them in the mighty name of Jesus. Are there people who are there who backslided and are not with power anymore? Daddy, like that prodigal son, let them come back, oh God, in the mighty name of Jesus. For in Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. For more information on what you've heard, please visit our website at www.fountainoflove.org.uk. You'll also find other media presentations available to you. Stay blessed in Christ Jesus. Amen.